Good morning, everybody. It's great to have all of you here this morning. If you are a guest with us today for the first time, my name is Kevin. I serve as the lead pastor here. Special welcome to those of you that are joining us on our Facebook Live group as well this morning. I uh, want to start off with a quick question this morning. Um, do you want to grow spiritually? Yeah, you can shout that out if you want, or you can kind of just think about that question yourself. Um, I've been pastoring for a while now, and, and when I talk to people about their spiritual life, um, particularly if I'm talking to a Christian, like someone who believes in Jesus, someone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died for their sins, that he was born of a virgin, that he died on a cross, was put in a tomb, was raised to life, is now brought back before the throne of God and speaks to God on our behalf. When I talk to people who believe that, no one has ever said to me, eh, you know what, Pastor Kevin, no, I really don't want to grow spiritually. I'm fine. No one says that. Because I think deep down, we all know there are areas of our lives that we need to work on, that we need to kind of open our hearts up to God and let God kind of step in and maybe clean up some stuff. Right? And we also know the Bible kind of teaches this. And if we've been in church for any amount of time, we know this. We know the Bible teaches us that as followers of Jesus, we are poured into by God. We pour into each other. We, we learn and we grow so that we can become more like Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And the Apostle Paul gives us some, pretty, some, some really good teaching in Ephesians chapter 4 on the necessity of growing spiritually. He talks about the fact that there's going to be other teaching in the world, some people coming up with some pretty wackadoo kind of spiritual things. And if we're not careful, we can be swayed back and forth by this type of teaching. He says this in Ephesians 4, verses 14 and 15. The reason we want to grow spiritually is this. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Right? Because there's so many things going on in the world, so many things that we could believe, we could be blown all over the place if we are not growing spiritually. I want you to just think of your life for a moment and think of some of the struggles and the hardship that you've had in life, whether they're in relationships, whether they're, it's in finances, whether it's in just kind of stuff that you're doing, attitudes that you have, kind of maybe anger issues or greed issues or pride issues or gossip issues, some stuff in your life that has caused some tension and some problems. If you really get down to the root of those problems in your life, just like in my life, it comes down to their spiritual problems. <laughs> their spiritual problems. If we're fighting and having this tension in our marriage, it's a spiritual problem that we're not truly growing and being Christ-like in our marriage. If we find ourselves constantly in extreme debt and, and, and spending more money than we're earning, it's a spiritual problem that we're not letting the Spirit of God dictate how we live within our means. 
if we deal with pride and anger and lust and all these other things, deep down, it's all spiritual problems that you and I are facing. So, yeah, we'll all quickly put up our hand and say, yes, Pastor Kevin, I want to grow spiritually. Wanting to grow spiritually is not the problem. You know what the problem is? How do I do it? When I talk to people, the issue is not wanting to grow spiritually. The issue is I have no clue how to grow spiritually. I have been doing the Christian thing. I do the church thing. I come on Sunday morning. I do a life group thing. I read my Bible. I pray. I tithe. I serve. I do all these things I'm supposed to do as a good Christian. But I just don't feel like I'm growing. And so what I wanted to do today is as we kick off our 40 days of prayer campaign, we're spending the next seven weeks as a church family talking about prayer, to look at our prayer life so that you and I can grow spiritually when it comes to prayer. But I'm not going to talk about prayer today at all. Well, that's not true. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. But because if we don't address the question of how do we grow spiritually, the next six weeks that we do as we dive into the Bible and talk about how we can grow in our prayer life, if we don't address how we grow spiritually, the next six weeks will just come and go and will make no difference in your life. That's just the way it works. <laughs> because if you don't get to the root of what the Bible teaches about how we grow spiritually, we'll just hear sermons, we'll go to small group, we'll do our little thing, we'll take out the new workbook that we just bought, we'll fill it out, and then after six weeks we'll put the book on a shelf and there'll be no change. <laughs> So that's what I want us to do today, is I want us to talk about how you and I grow spiritually. We're going to be jumping all over the Bible today to, to talk about this topic, so I encourage you to follow along on the screen, I encourage you to write some notes or download the church app and click on the sermon outline there to follow along. And so what we're going to be doing, again, like I said, we, I introduced this a bit last week, so we're starting this 40 days of prayer. If you are a life group leader, your book is here. Okay, there's a box on the table out in the foyer. You can get your book today. For everybody else, your book is coming tomorrow and Tuesday. Christmas holidays still, and the boxes were locked somewhere in shipping limbo. Okay, shipping purgatory. Not that I believe in purgatory, but okay, your your books are coming. So, and that's okay for your group. You don't need the book this week. You'll need the book next week, so next Sunday come prepared to pick up your book for your group, but we wanted the group leaders to get them today so you can start working on it. We're also going to do it throughout this campaign. If you don't have the book, we're going to make resources available on our Facebook page. Each and every day there's going to be some Bible verses, some scripture, there's going to be some prayer uh, discussion questions on our Facebook page. If you're not following our Facebook page, that's a great way to be involved. It's also a great way for those of you who just simply watch us on Facebook to participate with this as well to grow spiritually. And also, you'll see at the table, if you're a group leader, there are DVDs there. Because what we're going to do on Sunday morning is going to be different than the material you're going to do on DVD in your group. I want them to complement each other and build up on each other. I don't want them being the same material. Now, just to save on a bit of money, uh, we only have five copies of the DVD. 
first come, first serve. But all of the material is available on YouTube and on our Right Now Media channel, if you have that uh, tool downloaded as well. So if you need information about that, Life Group Leader, make sure you talk to your coach this week, and we'll get you all set up. Okay, that was a quick announcement on that. How do we grow spiritually? How do you and I grow spiritually? I want to talk about five different ways that the Bible teaches us that you and I can grow spiritually. And each of these five topics that we're going to talk about, we are going to be very intentional for the next six weeks to create environments, to create resources, and to see our life groups and Sunday mornings hit on all five of these things. And my hope and my prayer is that you will commit to these things for the next six weeks. Commit to five things for six weeks. It's not one thing a week plus an additional. It's five things for six weeks. You see what I'm asking you here? I want you to do five things for six weeks. Not one week, one thing, one week, over six. Okay. Five things for six weeks. Here are the five things that I want you to do so that you can grow spiritually. The first is this. We grow when we feed on God's word. We grow when we feed on God's word. Now, I'm very intentional to use the word feed and not read. (laughs) How many of you, when you read your Bible, and if you are guilty like me, you use like an online, like a Bible app thing on your phone, and it's got a certain number of chapters you have to read every day, and it's like, holy smokes, I haven't read in a few days, tick, tick. And I'm reading, and I'm reading, and I'm reading. All right, tick, 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 tick. And because I, I just have this thing where I like the little green tick boxes on my, on my smartphone. And if I don't see the little green tick boxes on my smartphone, I feel less spiritual, right? But as soon as I have the little green tick boxes, oh, I'm really close to Jesus right now. Like, because I've got all these ticks on my phone. I read it. I didn't feed on it. And what I mean by feed on it is that we believe here as a church that the Bible is not simply a history book. We don't believe that this is simply um, a book to uh, explain ancient history or to um, give us some good guidelines for how to live our lives. We here as a church, we believe that this is the Word of God. And we believe that the Word of God is good for our soul. As we feed on it. Right? We can see Jesus when he was tempted by the devil. And Jesus was saying, when Jesus was out in the wilderness for 40 days, and the devil comes and tempts him, Jesus hasn't eaten anything for 40 days. And I've been on this diet this week, and I don't know, 40 days seems insane when I can barely get through seven without coffee and chocolate. But 40 days is what Jesus does. The devil comes to him and says, hey, turn these rocks into bread. Feed yourself on this bread that you need. And Jesus' response is, um, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We feed on the word of God. It brings nourishment to our souls. Paul says this as well. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul says, Now I commit to you God and the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. The word sanctified is a fancy Christian word that means becoming more like Jesus. 
becoming more like Jesus, if you would feed on the word of God, he says, it will build you up, Paul says. It builds you up. It sanctifies you. It helps you become more like Christ when we feed on the word of God. A number of years ago, I was in a seminary class on preaching. And uh, the teacher was talking about um, sometimes pastors um, get upset when they talk about their sermons. Because a lot of pastors, you know, will work hours and hours and hours and hours on their sermon. And they'll study and research and spend all this time prepping and sweating over the words and praying and spending so much energy and effort to put these sermons together. And then you preach them with all your heart and all of your passion And then the people leave, and then they go home, and they have lunch, and around the table, people go, oh, what was the sermon about this week? Because I was volunteering somewhere, and people go, I don't remember. I don't know. It was great, but I don't remember what it was. And and pastors kind of, it's funny, especially now with the invention of social media, you can kind of see the crusty, crabby pastors who say, I can't believe I don't remember everything I said with all the hard work I've done. Okay, I don't do that, because the reality is, doesn't matter if you remember it you were fed by it i don't remember what i had for dinner yesterday but it was great thank you danielle it was really yummy oh i was at a buffet yesterday so that's why it was great okay we don't remember what we ate but we were nourished by it physically and it's the same is true with the word of god We feed on it. Can you imagine for a moment if the only physical food you ate was Sunday morning? How hungry would you be all week long? If the only meal you ate was Sunday morning, maybe some bacon and some eggs, maybe some pancakes, some French toast, some that I'm not eating right now. Um, (laughs) Sorry, digress. Okay. You have this one big fancy breakfast on Sunday. It was so beautiful and well put together, and all this effort was put together to make this one meal, and then you ate nothing else all week. How would you do? How do you think you'd do at work? How would you do in your relationships with other people? cranky and angry your sugar levels would go way out of whack you would be a wreck same is true with your soul if the only feeding on god's word that you are doing is on sunday morning it is not enough it's not enough you are getting whacked by the world hourly in this culture that we live in today so we need to feed on the word of god daily and what feed means it says we need to hear it i actually love hearing the word of god more than reading it there's just something about hearing the word of god being read over me there's just something i don't know for me that just really powerful and really speaks to me we need to hear the word of god we need to read the word of god we need to study the word of god to to not just skim through it so we can get the little green check boxes and new version but to just, when a verse jumps out at us, just stop. Like, what does that mean? 
one of the things I love to do in study is, again, what I love about my online, my Bible app on my phone is if I read something and it's like, wow, what does this mean? I can read it in multiple translations and see how different translators interpret that verse or that word. I've started reading it in other languages. I only know one, French. (laughs) And so I'll pull out a French Bible and see how the French translation pulls that out, just so I can get a deeper meaning of what this verse is saying. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. We're not very good at that anymore, (laughs) of memorizing the Word of God. But spending time repeating it, repeating it, memorizing it, meditating on it. I know that word meditate in our evangelical circles can kind of get us a little worried and freaked out. But there are great spiritual disciplines where we just let the word of God become part of us as we meditate and pray on it. And then finally, we need to apply the word of God. James says it's useless to just be a hearer of the word of God. We have to let it change us and change how you and I live. So during this 40 days of prayer, that's what we're going to do is create ways that each and every day you can feed on the word of God. Now, if regular Bible reading is has been a difficulty for you, we're going to start real simple for the next 40 days. We're going to start with a verse, one Maybe two. I don't want to push you too hard, okay? One or two verses. And so for 40 days starting next Monday, if your group is doing this study, you'll see there's going to be a verse right here. And you're going to sit in a couple of verses. Okay, I lied. This one's five. Okay. Whew, man, that pastor's so hard trying to make us read five verses. Okay, five. You'll survive. Okay, five verses. And there's going to be things like, Well, what did you hear from God while you read those five verses? What do you think about those five verses? And now based on what you heard from God, what you think this verse is saying to you, what is your prayer today? So that you can grow, feed on this word of God every day. We're going to make this available on our Facebook page every day as well. So again, if you're not in a group that's going through the book, you can participate. Those verses and those questions will be on Facebook every day so you can keep up to date with them as well there. We want you to feed on the Word of God. We grow when we feed on God's Word. That's the first thing we want to do in the next 40 days. The second way that we grow is we grow when we develop spiritual habits. We grow when we develop spiritual habits. You as a human being, are the sum of all of your habits. Think about that for a moment. You, as a human being, are the sum of all of the habits that you have in your life. If I were to talk to someone, and someone said, well, you know, Pastor Kevin, I'm a very uh, kind person. Kindness is incredibly important to me. I'm a very kind person. And I talked to all the people that are close in their life. Said, oh, I just met so-and-so, and they were really saying how they value kindness, and they're such a kind person. And everyone who knows this person well goes, <laughs> they're the meanest person I know. You can value kindness, but you are the sum of your habits. If your habits show that you are not kind, the way you treat people, the way you talk to people. I read a great book once. 
that talked about how Christians um, treat uh, waiters and waitresses in restaurants. And this guy who wrote this book said he was a business leader, and he would actually decide who he would do business with based on how people treated the waiter or waitress. And if he saw them not even speak to them, not make eye contact to them, not say thank you, not acknowledge their existence, he wouldn't do business with them. Habits show who you really are. You could say you value kindness. You could say you value generosity. You could say you value whatever. If we don't see it in your life, it's not a value. It's not truly who you are. So to develop spiritual habits if you want to say i'm growing spiritually but you have no spiritual habits in your life you don't really want to grow spiritually and when we talk about spiritual habits i'm talking about what we as christians would normally call spiritual disciplines these are the things like prayer a quiet time right um personal bible study some times of solitude tithing Fellowship with other Christians, fasting, service, listening, journaling, those things that we call spiritual disciplines as Christians, they are so valuable to help us grow spiritually as we develop spiritual habits in our lives. On the night when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, he taught a number of things to his followers. The Gospel of John is a great section of the bible to read with jesus just pouring into his disciples before he goes to the cross he teaches them so many things and then jesus says these words he says now that you know these things you will be blessed because you've heard them doesn't say that jesus says now that you know these things you will be blessed if you do them And he taught them about serving people, washing feet of prayer and all these different things he taught them. You will be blessed not simply because you heard it. You will be blessed when you do it. You know about spiritual disciplines. Man, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard sermon series on spiritual disciplines. We talk about them all the time on the necessity of them. But you're not blessed by hearing about spiritual disciplines. You're not blessed by learning about spiritual disciplines. You're blessed by doing spiritual disciplines to develop habits. I love how Hebrews 5.14 puts it. It says, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. From constant use not occasionally like hey every january 1st i'm going to commit to reading my bible i'm going to join a small group i'm going to implement 27 spiritual disciplines into my life this year by january 15th how many of you are still doing your new year's resolutions hands are up yes awesome i had six this year i'm still doing four Two of them were dumb. I just dropped those two. Okay. We have the best of intentions. But we stop doing them. Right? 
but we have to train ourselves into constantly using them because they will help us distinguish the difference between good and evil. All the teaching in the world that would blow us all over the place like we saw in Ephesians 4. We need to discipline ourselves, train ourselves, so that we can distinguish the difference between this good and this evil. Right? Constant use. So in the 40 days of prayer that we're going to be doing, we want you to develop spiritual habits. Right? We want you to make Sunday a priority for the next six weeks to, to really come into that spiritual discipline of worship. And we talked about worship over the last you know, season. We talked about the idea of like, you know, I'm not just trying to put on my Sunday morning face. I'm not just trying, oh, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm going to come into the presence of God with an open heart to hear from God. <laughs> Regardless of what my week was, what was like, whether it was a good week or a terrible week, to be honest and real before God as we come into his presence to worship him. That's the spiritual discipline of worship. Worship's important as a discipline. Worship is not just something we do when there's time. It's an important part of who we are. Right? We want you to regularly be in a life group. If you've never been in a life group, for the next six weeks, commit to one. Download the church app. There's a big button on there that says, join a life group. Click it. And then there'll be like a thing you can click and you can see all the groups that are meeting. And you could search for the groups that are specifically doing this series. There's a little search options. And you click on the attributes, and one of them says 40 days of prayer. You click that, it'll bring up all the groups, and most of them are doing it. I think there's like maybe just one or two, just because of the way they're structured, they're not doing it. But most of them are doing it, and you can find the groups and the times, and you can click join it. It'll send an email to the leader. Leader, email them back. <laughs> Please email them back. Get them into your group as quickly as possible. Because we want you in fellowship. God didn't create you to do the Christian life by yourself. And Sunday morning is great for fellowship. I love having coffee with you in the cafe. There's Star Wars cookies there this morning. I was really excited about that. Okay, But it, it's not enough. We need more of those times of fellowship together. So try that out. Because we want to do what the Bible teaches us as followers of Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, we read this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love that line at the end. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. When we make spiritual discipline the priority of our lives, People notice. People notice. The church is an add-on to a busy life. No one notices. Because it's not transforming us. It's not helping us grow. But people notice. When it's priority. Fellowship's a priority. Worship's a priority. Studying the Bible is a priority. Prayer is a priority. And it changes other people as God is changing you. It's so exciting how God works that way. Right? During the 40 days of prayer, we're going to try to develop other spiritual disciplines. Again, it, we're going to try to develop the, a habit of quiet time. How many of you struggle with quiet time? Just me? I know, it's my ADHD. Quiet time is the worst spiritual discipline ever created by God. 
It's like I sit there in my chair. One of my New Year's resolutions was to start getting up at 5.30. That was the dumb one. Because <laughs> I'm not a morning person. I'm a night hawk. I, I like 1 a.m. 1 a.m. works for me. When everyone else is asleep and I can do whatever I want and no one in the house knows what I'm doing. I'm doing good stuff, not bad stuff. But Danielle just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm finding all the chocolate that we hid after Christmas. Okay, 5.30 is brutal, but I'm trying because I want to grow in this. And quiet is so hard for me because my brain just goes. <laughs> my brain goes crazy, but it's like we have to still that. I have to still that and just say, God, I want to hear your whisper today. God, I want to hear your whisper. God, I want you to drown out all the noise. <laughs> right, so we develop that. So 40 days of prayer, we're going to work on that quiet time. We're going to work on prayer. Obviously, we're going to talk about prayer for six weeks. We're going to put some emphasis on prayer. We're going to talk about reading the Bible. We saw five verses some days. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about memorizing verses. You know, we can kind of maybe challenge one another in our life groups. I don't know, life group leader, maybe buy a big box of kale, kale chips, and like bribe your team. Whoever memorizes the Bible verses, we get the bag of kale chips. I'll join your group. <laughs> okay? But something, encourage one another to be memorizing the Word of God together as a group, as friends. Right? Because again, remember the words of Jesus. You will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. Do you think Jesus is lying there? No. <laughs> so let's do them together as a church family. So first, we grow when we feed on the Word of God. We grow when we uh, do spiritual disciplines, develop spiritual habits. The third is this. We grow when we help each other grow. Every single person in this room and every single person watching online is on a different thought in their spiritual journey. And to create church programs and Sunday morning that are going to be a blessing to every single person is impossible. Because we're all on a different spot in this journey. And so if we just kind of come and we hope that we can just kind of stick off to ourselves and hope we're going to grow spiritually, the Bible teaches it doesn't work that way. Because God created us for relationship. First and foremost, God created us for relationship with Him. That's why we say as Christians that we have been brought back into a right relationship with God. We just heard it on the, on the radio this morning, coming uh, to church this morning, that God has kind of forgiven everything we have done. Our sin is completely and totally forgiven. And we're sitting there going, wow, that's good news. And Danielle says, that's not good news. That is incredible news. <laughs> and because... All of our sin has been forgiven. We are in a right relationship with Holy Creator, loving God. <laughs> Judging God. <laughs> There's no judgment for those in Christ Jesus. So right relationship with God. And then he does something crazy, is he knits us all together into a new family. There are no orphans in the family of God. There are no widows in the family of God. There are no single people in the family of God. There's no lonely people in the family of God. We're supposed to be in right relationship together to care for one another, to love one another, to help each other grow. 
And we firmly believe here as a church that the best way to grow in our faith is in community with other people. That's why we talk about life groups. That's why we want to invest more in our groups. We want to just see this grow better and better. Right? I love how Paul writes this in Romans chapter 1, verse 12. Paul writes, kind of talks about a different things. Then he says this. He says, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's a great little verse to ponder. The great and mighty Apostle Paul, one of those heroes of the faith, writes to a church and says that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Right? You don't come here to feed off of my faith and grow off of my faith. I grow off of yours. This is a mutual thing. We need each other. There's no super Christian, lowly Christian. We're in this together to mutually encourage each other by each other's faith. I love how the the message, paraphrase translation of the Bible, puts this same verse. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. You have as much to give to me as I do to you. I am saying that to you as your pastor. You have as much to give to me as I have to give to you. We need each other to grow spiritually. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 25 in the uh, English Standard Version of the Bible says this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Talking about Jesus. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but to encourage another, so, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other. Send each other a text. Send each other a Facebook message. Call someone. Invite them to coffee. Take someone out to lunch. Invite someone to join your life group. If your life group is full, find them in a bigger room. (laughs) There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more because someone needs what you have. Be an encouragement to one another. So that's why we want everyone in a group. If you've not committed to a group, try it out for six weeks. The beauty of this time of year is there's not much going on, right? It's just cold, and no one wants to leave their house. That's the only thing you got to punch through, okay? I haven't gone to the gym in two weeks. It's too cold to go to the gym. But I'm committed to go to my new life group. I'm starting on Thursday, regardless of how cold it is, right? There's not a lot going on this time of year. Try it out for six weeks. Click that button on the app or contact the church office tomorrow. We'd love to help you get into a group. Because I can actually share this from personal experience. The greatest spiritual growth in my life in the 20 years that I've been a follower of Jesus has been with other people. Every time. Every time. I mean, seminary education was awesome. But I grew the most talking to professors, being in relationship with other students. 
seeing victory over sin in my life didn't come when I was just by myself. It came with other people walking with me. Seeing God bring freedom in my life, the kind of addictions of money and greed, seeing freedom from that, God did that in the context of community. It's always, for me, been in the context of relationship. We grow when we help each other. We grow when we help each other. So let's grow together. Two more points, and we're going to wrap up. Number four is this. We grow when we expect to grow. How many of you pray for people? And you don't have to raise your hand on this one. How many of you pray for people, and deep down you know nothing's going to change? I do. This person again. This situation again. Okay, fine. God, please bless. Oh, God, please correct. Oh, please, God, help. And deep down, I don't expect anything to happen. Maybe some of us, we haven't been growing spiritually because deep down we just don't think anything's going to change. But we need to expect to grow. And that's where faith comes into this part of the journey for the next six weeks. Do you actually expect God to show up in your life and help you grow spiritually? Do you expect it? That's faith. Jesus says these words when he was going from town to town performing miracles. Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith, let it be done to you. How's your faith? Do you expect to grow? If you don't, work on that for the next 40 days. God, I expect that you're going to show up. Now, it may not be, God, I expect I'm going to get $7 million. (laughs) Verse doesn't say that. But how's your faith? Are you expecting God to show up in your life? When you're struggling in life, when you're dealing with different things, do you expect God to show up? Right? So we grow when we expect to grow. Is there an area of your life where you need God to show up? Expect that he will. Is there a relationship where there's tension and and you just need God to show up in that relationship? Expect him to show up. Is there struggle in your finances and you need God to step in in some way? Expect God to show up. Is there a sin in your life that you are struggling with and you've had this sin for a long time and you think you're never going to get freedom from it? Expect God to show up. Pray that way over the next 40 days. And you will grow. Because according to your faith, let it be done to you. I want you to approach the next 40 days, the next six weeks, this way. I am going to grow spiritually. Can we repeat that? I am going to grow spiritually. And the reason you are is not because of you. It's because of God. He wants you to grow spiritually. Expect it. And then the final point is this. How can we grow spiritually? We grow when we commit to grow. We grow when we commit to grow. I I love it when people want to grow spiritually and they'll come and they'll talk to me and they'll ask me, like, like Kevin, I, I really want to grow spiritually. I go, okay, well, how do you think that's going to happen? And say, well, I think I'll just grow spiritually if you and I could meet more often and you could just teach me more stuff. 
And I go, okay, um, but what are you going to do? Oh, I, I don't think I need to do anything. I think you need to do everything, and I'm going to grow spiritually. Um, doesn't work that way. Or, you know, Kevin, like, we just have these difficulties in our marriage, and if I could just meet with you every week for the next six years, that's going to fix our marriage. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to meet with you. No, but what else are you going to do? I'm just going to meet with you. Um, no, that's, that's not going to fix anything. It doesn't change anything. That's not a commitment to the problem. It's not a commitment to the problem, just hoping someone else is going to fix the problem in your life. You have to commit to wanting to fix the problem, the sin issue, the tension, the, the, the stress, whatever you might be dealing with. You commit to it. Throughout the Bible, there are so many verses that we can look at that talks about the idea is that when we step out in commitment to God, it's then God shows up. Sometimes so many of us are waiting back here saying, God, show up, and then I will commit. The Bible doesn't teach it that way. Like we can read, for example, in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God, I'm committing to growing spiritually. Then God shows up. It's not, wow me, God, while I sit around doing nothing, binge-watching Netflix. There were some good shows that came out over the Christmas holidays. <laughs> I just sit, and I don't get up at 5.30, and I don't go to a small group, and I come to church when my schedule allows it, and all these other excuses. We wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we're surprised that after a year Five years, ten years, thirty years, I haven't grown spiritually. Commit. If you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, the Bible says those who seek, find. Those who knock, the door is open. Seek God with all of your heart over the next 40 days. Commit to the process of growing spiritually. Next week, we are going to dive into the topic of prayer. Do you want to see God break through in your prayer life? That was a question. Do you want to see God break through in your prayer life? Do you want to see God answering your prayers? You need to commit to this. You need to expect that God's going to show up. You need to be with other people that are going to help you in this. You need to develop the spiritual habits of this. And you need to feed on the word of God in this process. And this is why this topic for me was so important to kick off this series for seven weeks. Because if I just would have dived in to prayer, I don't think it would have made any difference. <laughs> I really do. I believe it because I've been in church ministry long enough. We go through this series. We do this series. We do this series. We do this series. But we need to understand how God wants us to grow. The Bible shows us how you and I can grow spiritually. And the beauty is, is God has knit us together in a church family to do this together. 
we're not in it alone. There are people who love you, want to walk with you, and come with you as part of the journey. So my hope and my prayer as we kick off this campaign together is that we will truly see God do amazing things. We will truly see God do more than we could expect or imagine as we commit to grow spiritually together over this season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. God, I thank you for this church family called Greenbelt. I thank you for how you have brought us all together from so many different backgrounds, um, from so many different countries, from so many different faith experiences. You have brought us all together for such a time as this. Because, God, you love this church. You love this city. You love this nation. And, God, in this day and age, you want your church to be salt and light in a world that desperately needs you. So, Father, as we launch this campaign together as a, as a church family, as we dive into this topic of prayer for the next six weeks, God, I pray that we would grow spiritually. I pray that we would become more like Jesus because of the next six weeks. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just do amazing things in our lives. Maybe just for a moment with, with kind of every head bowed and, and still your heart kind of focused on God. If you are here today or if you're watching this online and, and you're hearing what I'm talking about and deep down you would say, you know what, <laughs> like, I, I don't think I believe like you believe. <laughs> I, I don't think I believe in Jesus the way you do. I, I believe in God, but this whole Jesus thing, I'm not too sure about that. I, I just want you to know uh, what Jesus said <laughs> to his followers. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Right? Jesus didn't say that he's a good moral man. Jesus didn't say he's just a religious teacher. He's not just some rabbi. Jesus said he's God. And if you've seen Jesus, you have seen God. If you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. We can truly get to know him because he was fully God and fully man living here among us. And he died for you. He was willing to die to be the sacrifice. On God has wrath against sin. God has to deal with sin. But because God is a God of love, he dealt with that so that you and I don't have to be punished. That he, Jesus took that punishment that we should have received. And you don't have to fully understand it, but you could take that first step of faith even today by just praying a simple prayer. Just say, God, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. Thank you that I can be made new because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I don't fully understand it, but today, God, I give you my life, and I want to grow spiritually with this church family. And if that's you today who prayed a prayer like that, I would love to talk to you after the service, or you can contact me. I'd love to know that you prayed that way. And I'm just going to pray for our, our offering now. And so, God, I thank you that we can give our gifts our tithes and our offerings, just a little bit back, a percentage back to you for the work that you are doing here in our church and in our city. And God, I just pray that you would continue to do more than we could ask or imagine through your power at work in your church. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.